You are listening to Castles and Cryptids, where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck. And I'm Alana. I'm Kelsey. And we are recording on a rainy Monday, so that's a little weird. (laughs) On this fine, the end of this fine long weekend. Ooh, the thunder rolls. Yeah. Um, yeah, and now it's August, when... Yeah, and happy August. <laughs> Hope right? you guys are doing well in your ah! summers. Hope you're just having a summer. <laughs> yeah. Enjoying every day as much as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But here we do, because it's gone before we know it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, my work is putting out Halloween decorations, and... <laughs> Oh, they're like flying, flying off the shelves. Like people are into it. It's crazy. I don't know. A lot of our clothing is also turning into sweaters and things. And it's like, really? Like the sweaters are right beside things that are like shorts and tank tops. And then you're like, here's a really thick wool sweater right beside it. Yeah, and we love like, Halloween. I love Halloween, but that's too, way too early now. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. <coughs> <coughs> okay, that had to come out. <laughs> yeah. Man, but yeah, they love to, they love to market the holidays in North America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Halloween, Halloween and Christmas are are two big really long ones they like stretch it out it's like two and a half months lead up and then we'll probably have no more halloween decorations by the first of october because that's what happened last year (laughs) when it became october we had not a single thing left in the store and everybody's like when are you getting your halloween decorations and we're like we had them a month and a half ago you were too late Oh, yeah. You missed it. Blinken, you missed it. That's a great culture. Yeah. It's like a spend your cash culture. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. So, (laughs) I'm so glad we're hearkening back to something a little bit more nice today and a little less chaotic and modern and stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. This is uh, coming out on August 5th. My mom's birthday. Happy birthday, Ginny. <laughs> yes, happy birthday. Our She'll... loyal listener. Yeah. Gotta love my fam damnly. We're, we're kind of spooky. Um, and they're very supportive, so that's great. Yes. Um, yeah, so definitely inspired this topic, which I'm still calling divination, and I don't even think I ever really... Looked up the exact meaning of that word. <laughs> I know I didn't. <laughs> I'm like, you know, fortune telling. Yeah. <laughs> so, hang on. The thunder's rolling and I have a frog in my throat. <laughs> yeah, man, this is, this is fun. This is kind of fortune telly type of stuff and it goes back... Mine goes back for a really, really, really long time. More than I thought. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool to learn about. And, like, you can definitely fall down a, a pretty huge rabbit hole, I think we discovered. Yeah. I had a lot of fun researching this. Oh, yeah. 
oh yeah some of it for me didn't feel like I was still researching a topic at all when I was just looking up cool tarot decks yes <laughs> I do that I did that the other day just thinking about <laughs> your segment just going oh because for probably four years now I've been trying to find either I want one of like the classic decks like one of like mm-hmm. the older style like traditional ones or I want one that's like very minimalist like a black deck with either like silver or gold or like white and then it's like very minimalist mm. um like style and yeah I kind of go back and forth <laughs> yeah I will look on Instagram I can think of one that somebody's featured on there yeah posts that that might fit the bill but yeah it's we'll get to some of the traditional ones for sure (laughs) I think I scrolled through one day about probably 45 pages worth of Etsy results about tarot decks and I still couldn't settle on one so I probably looked at 500 decks in like over the course of a couple hours Well, try and pretend to be surprised and delighted by some of the ones that come up. (laughs) So I didn't know some of the ones, the themed ones they have exist. So that, yeah, there's definitely, yeah, it's like anything. You can get, you know, some merch that's themed to a TV show or whatever and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely doing tarot, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm so excited about. Yeah, I'm doing tarot and runes, because that's, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. Runes I don't really know anything about, so. No, No, I, I didn't either, and, um, I do a little bit now. (laughs) Hopefully we'll pass it on. Um, and, uh. Yeah, less, with less banter than usual at the beginning here. <laughs> oh, well. I'll be able to fit it all in. Yeah, we'll keep oh, it no. fanless because mine's pretty long too. We got a, <laughs> we got a packed episode here. I mean, there's a lot to unpack, but at least it doesn't ask any super existential questions that we'll get hung up on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, did you know that tarot decks were invented in Italy in the 1430s? <laughs> no, I would not have guessed in Italy. Yeah, I know. And then playing cards being that old yeah. seems hella old even. Yeah. <laughs> I have a great big vocabulary tonight. Hella old. <laughs> Ye olden times. <laughs> Ye old, you know, when people say like shoppy when there's two P's. <laughs> um, so this is how it happened. Quote, by adding to the existing four suited pack, a fifth suit of 21 specially illustrated cards called triumphy or triumphs. And an odd card called Il Matto, the Fool. Uh, that is how tarot cards originally got born. <laughs> okay. Just added to the, the 
some were added to the main card deck, and so this was the first ever deviation from just the standard card deck, I guess. Interesting. And as far as tarot goes, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and the Fool, this Fool card, it's the, noted and it said that it's not the or origin. I'm going to try that again. <laughs> the Fool card is not the origin of the modern Joker, which was invented in the late 19th century as an unsuited Jack in the game of Euchre. So, he's a different boy, which is... Yeah, okay. Interesting. I guess so. Hang on. Um, and these triumph cards were added to an existing deck with a with Italian suit marks, um, Italian suits or whatever. I don't know if they were a different, actual, not hearts and clubs then, but oh okay, yeah these these were definitely Italian cards produced in Italy, like you could tell. Um, and this was during an experimental phase in cards where some decks, such as this one, had added queen cards, when most of the time did not have any queen cards at all. The patriarchy. <laughs> right. No queens allowed. And now they're, they we're rising up through the cards. Yeah. <laughs> So previously these face cards or court cards had only the king card and two other male court cards, usually the knight and jack. Yeah, I like that they were called court cards. That's cool. Um, the standard cards went through further changes with most getting rid of the queen cards, except for in France, where they got rid of the knight or cavalier card. Okay. I guess they did. They were like, no, no, we like having a queen on the card. We like having a woman to look at. Get rid of this night guy. There's too many sausages at this party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the triumph cards all had different allegorical illustrations rather than suits. And... I put a reminder to myself, an allegory is a story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or political one. Mm -hmm. I mean, so yeah, I think they hadn't had anything more than just faces on the cards. Mm -hmm. Likely. Um, and now they had mostly many medieval reenactments of Roman processions, or so we think, like these ancient parades. <laughs> um, originally they were all unnumbered but they did have an order they were supposed to go in so you just had to remember it <laughs> okay when I was looking it up they were when I was looking up the decks they were like talking about them having like I guess you can play like with a tarot deck you can play cards because they have value Right, like, so it's it's a to it's a totally different deck now, but it yeah. did originally start as just um, a normal card game, <laughs> too. Yeah, because kind of when I was looking it up, they're like, yeah, here's, I think I was looking up tarot cards just to find like a good thumbnail picture, 
for the episode, and all I could find was, like, old men sitting around playing cards with tarot cards, and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I was so confused. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's even happening right now in these pictures? <laughs> okay, I didn't come across any of those. They sound funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, so this, uh, this Triumph suit did in fact trump all the other suits in the deck because it was considered uh, of a higher value. So hence the name, the Triumphs. <laughs> or Trump cards, I guess you could say. However, the modern tarot deck is based on a very specific type of tarot, the Venetian or the, uh, I looked up how to pronounce it, Piedmontese. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. Yes, we came specifically from Venice then. All this is still happening. It's all happening in Italy. <laughs> Italy was yeah. literally back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, there are 78 cards in each deck. Uh, so they're hefty. <laughs> um, and they are divided into two groups. The major arcana and the minor arcana. And, okay. and yeah, so that's, you'll hear that talked about a lot. <laughs> yeah, I recognize that when I was looking up decks. Yeah, yeah, then the major arcana is the 22 cards that were those triumph cards. So the OG, mm. whatever, different cards, <laughs> the different suit. <laughs> oh, okay. Um the weirdo suit that didn't exist before. <laughs> and the minor arcana is made up of 56 cards, so I guess that's more similar to an actual deck. <laughs> but it's all the numbered suit cards, like the ace to ten of, you know, you normally have your hearts, diamonds, spades, and clubs, but for these ones you have like swords, wands, pentacles, and cups, and that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is just so cute and cool. I don't know. I like that it's just a little different. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the lineup of the Major Arcana is made up of various forces, um, they called it, such as vices and virtues, um, represented, we'll say. <laughs> my page down this is a long list um okay so uh, here are the names of the uh trump cards or the major arcana it starts with one the juggler or the magician and then two the papist uh couldn't have named that one if you had a <laughs> i had yeah. a million dollar question before this <laughs> Like, is that like a monk or like religious person? It's a yeah. Sorry, it's a, it's a female pope, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tired of hearing about them popes right now. Anyway, mm -hmm. um. <laughs> he's so old. It sounds like he might be stepping down because apparently his trip oh. across Canada really tuckered him out. And oh, I was like, yeah. wow. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, no. The pope's um, all out of tuckers. <laughs> yeah, all tuckered out. <laughs> Well, oh, he's pretty God. old. Yeah, that's true. Got to elect a young pope next. 
Come on. Oh, wish they'd elect a young president, too. Yeah. In the States. <clears throat> Pardon me. All right, so yes, number two was the Papist. <laughs> and then three is the Empress. Much cooler. <laughs> mm, I like that. Yeah. Uh, four is the Emperor. Five is the Pope. The Tuckered Tuckered Pope. <laughs> <laughs> The pooped Pope. No. <laughs> the pooped. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, oh man. Um, uh, then we have seven, or six is the lovers. Number seven is the chariot. Eight is justice. Nine, the hermit. Ten, the wheel of fortune. <laughs> uh, Eleven, strength and or fortitude. You'll see it called. 12 is the hanged man. 13 is, of course, death. I didn't mm. even realize that before. Um, 14 is temperance. 15, the devil. 16 is the lightning struck tower. 17 is the star. 18, the moon. 19, the sun. Uh, 20, the last judgment. And 21, the world or the universe. And the fool card has no number. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> A man has no name. <laughs> I want... Er, yeah, that's where he was from. Oh my god, I sat there the entire last season of... Str the newest season of Stranger Things going, Where's that prison guard from? I swear to god I've seen him <laughs> in something... Game Jacques and Hagar. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I really liked him in something. What was it? <laughs> yeah, I probably would have had to look it up, too. <clears throat> I yeah. think Pat pointed it out, and then I went, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. He's he's really good at spotting people. Like, I swear, dark lighting, half their face comes on the screen. He's like, oh, that's, uh, what's her nuts? No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty Sophie good. Turner. Yeah. 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 We got some, we're some real movie buffs. <laughs> yeah. I um, I wish Letterboxd would release a thing saying what their rating is of, like, the people that have logged the most movies. Because I'm in, like, the kind of higher part of, like, the people that I've looked up. Oh, that really? Do, I'm, like, right up there with them. And then there's some people that I swear they've just logged everything they could possibly click on because it'll say like 20,000 movies and you're like you have not seen 20,000 movies like fuck yourself like <laughs> um but like no I'm kidding. I think I'm pushing like probably close to 2,500 at this point oh my yeah and it'll say like people of the week or whatever and it'll be like they'll have like 2,500 or like 3,000 and it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm getting up there. That's crazy. No. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, I picture the comic book guy from The Simpsons. He's just the really fat guy. And it's like, mm. worst movie ever. And he's, he's always, <laughs> worst episode ever. And so oh, when God. you say, they can't have watched all that, I immediately pictured him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes you click on real life. Yeah. You'll click on a movie that's not even out yet that was basically just announced and, like, a thousand people will say they've seen it already. And you're like, yeah, sure, it's not even done post-production. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's, yeah. It's like reviewing a book before it's out. I've heard of things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Whoops. Sorry. I don't like losing my spot. Okay. Um... Alright, so those are all the face cards. <laughs> or the minor, the major arcana. We'll use the proper words now that we know them. <laughs> um, so the suits and tarot have their sort of inspiration or... Hi, Fenrir. <laughs> Pause for dog. <laughs> Don't you see the sign? I'm recording here. <clears throat> yeah. Learn how to read. <laughs> It's like Rain asked if she could, I don't know, play something on our, in our, watch something or play something in our room on our big TV with our, on our, whatever. <laughs> she wanted to play on the good TV and the Xbox and then shut the door and the dog didn't like being left out of the room and we're like, you know, let the dog in or, and then she like opens the door or her dad opened the door or something and then the dog just gave the most aggrieved howl like, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> several different decibels. <laughs> oh, super offended. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so we got the wands or batons or rods, I guess sometimes they're called. And they are the representative of the club's suit. That one's pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. Especially if they call them batons. <laughs> Batons yeah. clubs. I'm like, yeah, that that one tracks. And then the club, the cups rather, are the hearts. The swords are the equivalent to like the spades, and the coins slash pentacles slash discs are the diamonds. Okay. Um. Yeah. So they all have four court cards. They have the king, the queen, the knight, and the jack, and ten numbered cards. Okay, so just the same. Just different. Um, Like, sweet. Yeah. Except the knight. Right? Because they kept the knight, and in regular cards, then we don't have... Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's like, it's so similar once you get down to these parts of it. That'd be like the ace instead. It comes right, it's more, it's just another face card. I think it comes after the queen in the list, so. Mm. It's lower than the queen, but higher than the jack. Okay. I guess. If you were to play tarot cards. But it does say sometimes aces are high, which I thought was cool. (laughs) I was like, that's good to know. Um, So, about its evolution from Britannica... That smart bitch. Um, (laughs) The adaptation of tarot's to occult and fortune-telling purposes first occurred in France about 1780. For fortune-telling, each tarot card is ascribed a meaning. The cards of the major arcana refer to spiritual matters and important trends in the questioner's life. In the minor arcana, wands deal mainly with business matters and career ambitions, Cups with love, swords with conflict, and coins with money and material comfort. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. 
The tarot deck is shuffled by the questioner, and then the fortune teller lays out a few of the cards, either selected at random by the questioner or dealt off the top of the shuffled deck, in a special pattern called a spread. The meaning of any card is modified according to whether it's upside down, its position in the spread, and the meaning of adjacent cards. Okay, that makes sense. I kind of have that with my, in like, tea leaf and stuff. But stuff being kind of how close it is or kind of go with what's going on around it at the same time. How it's all interacting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember that, too, from the little I know about tea leaf reading. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, tarot used to be more of a regular card game, like bridge or any other. (laughs) Yeah. Which, yeah, that's still weird to picture, because just how long we've known it for what it is now. (laughs) Yeah, it seems... It has, well, it has been this way for a while. It got its first big glow up in the 1700s um, when a Frenchman, a Frenchman named Jean-Baptiste Ayet, I think, published a guide to tarot card reading. He published this under the pseudonym, this is even harder, Atella? It's his last name, but backwards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, then. Yes, Leck. <laughs> yes, Leck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My brother so, yeah. is Savart. Savart. That one makes me laugh. Well, I got it, it from... Fart. <laughs> yeah. I got it from... It's so stupid, but one of my favorite bands, Arctic Monkeys, there's... Like a behind this no it was on a radio station they were asking the lead singer and they're like what's a useless talent you can do and he's like oh i'm really good at like taking a word and being able to pronounce it backwards and they're like what Weird. so <laughs> he said um the bass player nicholas o'malley and i remember his name is elamo selicate and they he's- actually like Elamo Selican. No, it's Nicholas oh. O'Malley, but when you oh, say it oh, backwards, God. it's Elamo Selican. So Got when you were sorry. So on the radio station they recorded him saying that into a phone and played it backwards and it pronounced his name perfectly. Oh yeah. my god. So it's like that's how I started doing it was from that and then my brother got it off of me. So it's very stupid, but it's a different party trick. There is yeah. also a Simpsons episode where Lisa goes to another girl's house, and even though she's used to being smart, they, like, ask her to make an anagram of her name, and she just kind of, like, stares at them. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, that's okay, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's try again later. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. I have to see, like, I'd have to do it on a piece of paper. It'd oh, yeah. so much easier. I have to. Yeah. I, I just use it because a lot of times, like, Kelsey is used as a username on stuff, so I was like, oh, put it yeah. in backwards, see if that's used, <laughs> and it's normally not. They never think of the tricks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of some of your favorite bands, um, on the Office Ladies podcast, they ended up talking about the AJR song that they made about the Office. <laughs> oh my god, Yay! It makes me so happy. 
Yeah. It's such Jenna a Jenna started song. talking about it. Yeah. Aww, I'm and, happy they know about it. Yeah. It it was cute. I forget how it came up, but they they also mentioned that Post Malone apparently has a song where he has a lyric like I love paper like Michael Scott or something. <laughs> I don't. That's pretty remember good. Remember Yeah, I don't remember what the song was. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, then they they talked about the other one and they by AJR and it's What's it called? The net, uh, Netflix trip? or Yeah. Net, yeah. That one's, like, yeah. really about it, but it's about how it, like, went hand in hand with their lives. And right. Stuff. And they thought yeah. that was really cool. And then they played, yeah. like, the first line of it. Yeah. Oh, it's a really, really good song. I agree. That's a good yeah. one. I'm glad you introduced me. Yeah. <laughs> To both of them. Uh, AJR good... and Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> yeah, they're... AJR is a good uh, New Yorker band. They're from New York. Those are also good for the band game because they start with A, but they don't also end with A. Like ABBA and like Asia mm. and everything else. <laughs> <sighs> Road trips. Yeah. Oh, I think it went down too far. Okay. Okay, so the French dude, Jean-Baptiste Ayette, or whatever the heck his backwards <laughs> pseudonym is, Etella, he he, he kind of revamped it, and he was the one that gave each card its kind of specific meaning um, of his own invention, using his love and beliefs in astrology and for the elements. So that's okay. cool. He put his own you know, personal touch into it. <laughs> yeah, I have that kind of with mine, where there's, like, one specific guy that they kind of say, like, create, decided the meanings of symbols, and, like, that's still basically what's used. Like, that's cool. Yeah. What a legacy. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, yeah, and this guy said he was also heavily inspired by someone else, the Egyptian god Thoth. That's how we say it, right? Thoth. <laughs> Feels like you have yeah. a speech impediment every time. Um, <laughs> yeah, that I was think the... it's Thoth. Yeah. It's either Thoth or it could be Thoth. Uh, he's the god of wisdom. So call back to our episode 23 when we did Mysterious Mummies and Secrets of the Spanx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about that, dude. Um, yeah, he has so... You soined. <laughs> you know where I'm going there. He assigned the order they still use today. His version or his like latest version he did in like 1791. So still late 1700s. Yeah. Um, really no significant changes to it. I don't think after that until 1909 when the Rider Waite tarot deck was first published. And that one's just a big old common one that's still used today. And that's that's the one my mom sent me. <laughs> it's in this bright yellow package. <laughs> okay. It definitely does look like, you know, it's not it's not a modern one. You can tell. Like, it's like, yeah, this came out in the 1900s. <laughs> but, like, it's beautiful artwork and, like, bright colors and stuff. So it's, it's pretty nice. I'm sorry, I should have maybe just uploaded the picture of that one but it's 
I'm pretty sure I know what one you're talking about. That's, like, probably the one I think of when I think of, like, or when I was talking about the classic deck. It is. This is the classic deck, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was published by William Ryder and... Publisher William Ryder and Tarot Reader A.E. Waite. And it's just become one of the most commonly used and referenced one and remains very relied upon to this day. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) And now, of course, there are many, many different versions of themed and very artistic tarot decks. And there's still some that are super rare or old or valuable um, that go for can go for quite a bit of money that I found on one website. One was called The Murder of Crows. Looked pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. It was sold out, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The only one they had that wasn't sold out was the Mantegna Tarot, and it was $200. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty pretty hefty. (laughs) Um, But before we list some fun tarot decks you can get, Including one that I'm just going to list here called the really fucking obvious divination cards. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like that. Let's first talk a little bit about their sister deck, Oracle Cards. Oracle Cards. Oracle Cards, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know much about these. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't sound familiar. It's, they're pretty new. I don't have exactly when they started to get used because, well, this would be very long if I went into all my impulses of research. (laughs) But um, they are very similar to tarot. They're used for divination and guidance, consulted for life decisions and all that jazz. But they tend to have a less rigid um, deck. They're more diverse and have different messages and meanings and stuff. And they just can vary a lot more. <laughs> okay. Um, apparently there's no one way to make an Oracle deck. So it's hmm. kind of like a have at her, but <laughs> there's some examples and a quote I have said, the cards may contain messages from goddesses, famous literary witches or self care tips. Okay. <laughs> it's a little like, inspirational post-its of... inspirations and affirmations yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is cool and that some of them are actually um pretty fun uh i have a few examples of some of those ones the amount of cards to these decks can vary like as many as you want um so you could look those up on your next deep dive hyperfixation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're consulted almost exactly the same. Shuffle the card, pull one out for inspiration or insight, um, or start with a morning oracle card meditation where you're like sitting, holding the deck, not really thinking of anything and clearing your mind and then considering a question and meditating on that before you pull a card. Oh, okay. And- just interpret away um yeah so that's really what those are they're not that different um 
but they had a couple examples on the article I read of Oracle card decks you can buy. Um, kind of give you an idea of how much they can vary. <laughs> um, there's archetype cards. These are by Carolyn Mice. They use archetypes such as the goddess, you know, witch, virgin, just kind of different representations. Um, and often there to remind you to love yourself and maybe that part of yourself too. So those ones sound kind of cool. Yeah. Um, the Literary Witches Grade is a 70-card deck featuring authors such as Sylvia Plath and Emily Dickinson. Okay. It's for us book nerds! Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it has 40 familiars cards. <laughs> you know, like witches familiars. Hmm. Um, sort of. Well, I say sort of because they apparently include like an apple, a lantern, a broom, some mushrooms, and a wolf. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's the Sacred Rebels Oracle, <laughs> a guidance for living a unique and authentic life, a traditional and spiritual oracle deck with an edge, and that one's filled with magical beings beautifully depicted, so that one that was artistic. I don't know. They had some pictures, but there's the goddess power oracle, which is a feminine deck with goddesses from a variety of traditions and places. That one sounds cool. I would buy that if it's got like Freya and a bunch of cool ass chickies. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. The rebel deck was one of my favorites. It's the Oracle with Attitude. Uh, it's 58 cards with sass, such <laughs> as these phrases. <laughs> Don't believe every shitty thought you have. And stop talking, stop, or stop texting, stop stalking. Sorry. Stop checking up on that person. Just fucking stop. <laughs> oh my god. Nice. <laughs> and it's like selling tagline was zero filter zero fucks all fun <laughs> <laughs> i agree they are having fun um then there's the sacred self-care oracle which will suggest things like alone time or energy work and all sorts of suggestions on ways to self-care and moonology also sounds really pretty mm, it's yeah. <laughs> i know i have an app called moonly so this is right up my alley <laughs> um the cards are either different phases of the moon for like full moon for example is a great time for power manifestation powerful manifestation or they'll have moon positions in the different zodiac signs like uh an example moon in scorpio represents transformation and now, what we've all been waiting for, some fun tarot decks. <laughs> this was the funnest part, too. Quote, unquote, research. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's, like, Mickey Mouse, Disney, Hello Kitty, Playboy Bunny, mm -hmm. Betty yeah. Boop, all that stuff. <laughs> Ooh, that's... Funny, you should say that my mom likes Betty Boop, but I didn't yeah. run across any of those. Oh, no. Um, I I more wrote down the ones that I 
of the lists I looked at that I personally liked the most. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was a Disney one, but I left it off the list. So uh, know that this list is a little bit skewed. <laughs> There's the Golden Age of Hollywood. Ooh. I know. They're just... That sounds like pretty pictures. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe and the like. Yeah. I hope. Um, oh, Carnival. I don't know. It's an HBO <gasps> show. I guess I maybe wouldn't necessarily buy this, but I like HBO. <laughs> I feel like I tried to watch it and I didn't get into it. I think it's French and maybe that's why. It was hard to d- find oh. a download for it or something. Oh, Carnival. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. I know what that. I, I know what show you're talking about, though. Yeah, I've seen, I've heard tell of it. <laughs> yeah. This one I had not. There's a deck uh, that's based on Dark Shadows, a 1968 soap opera. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm just curious what that one all looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's not the the movie they made nine years ago with. Johnny Depp and everything. No, but it sounds like a horror movie. Maybe that's why I was attracted to writing it down. (laughs) I don't know if I saw that, Dark Shadows. Hmm. Eh, It's not great. Yeah. I'll have to tell you. We did see a couple of okay ones in the last couple days. Um, The Extreme Haunt one. I think I told you about that. Oh, and we just watched The Cursed today. Which was like a creature feature. Scary okay. movie in Victorian times. Coming after them and eating everybody up. It was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard of that one. Um, yeah. It was the Cursed on the Prime? Maybe. Um, okay, so you can also buy a Game of Thrones tarot deck, of course. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings decks. Makes <laughs> Can't sense. Can't have one without the other. Yeah. <laughs> the horror movie Monster Tarot. Okay, I would probably like that. <laughs> okay, okay, mental note. Um, <laughs> but I'm not surprised. Uh, there's Star Trek. There's the Tarot of Oz. <laughs> Uh, Tarot of the Witches, which was featured in a Bond film, so it's also called the James Bond Tarot. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and the Nightmare Before Christmas deck. Hundred percent. I know that one sounds so cool. I'm gonna look it up like immediately. <laughs> I'm surprised you. If you if you haven't heard of it, but anyway, I don't I don't think I've ever seen one in the flesh. <laughs> I have a Monopoly game. I have little pop characters. I have <laughs> mugs. I have shirts. <laughs> shirts. Um. Yeah. Okay, so there's one more on the list while you're looking that one up. There's the Stranger Things tarot deck. Okay. Oh yeah. That one looks cool. <laughs> oh, guess who's the... I quickly looked it up, and I think the Empress was 11. Okay, that's pretty cool. And the Fool was probably... It was Will, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was going to say Steve. 
yeah. <laughs> um, and then whatever the what's the emperor was probably Hopper, I think. And I was like, yes, I love all of this. Okay. I want it. Um, so there's also a few worthy mentionables that aren't TV or movies. There's the Halloween deck, meaning Halloween the holiday. <laughs> okay. Where I, I was kind of disappointed it wasn't the movie, but anyway. <laughs> they have, like, the cups are ghosts, the pentacles are pumpkins, the wands are imps, and the swords are bats. <laughs> and there's a black cat on every card. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. I just looked up the Nightmare Before Christmas one, and I love it. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cute. It's basically just character pictures. Like, yeah. That's, that's a good one for spooky lovers. Yeah. I figured that would be a... See, what I want to do is I have, like, a set that I would use, but I want a set that I really, like, just the picture of and then mm-hmm. I want to have it laid out in like the 52 or whatever and then I want to get it framed with it so it'll be like in two panes of glass with nothing in the background and then just like a black border and hang it on the wall so it's like Ooh. the whole deck laid out yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that yeah I've wanted to do it for like a few years now I've just had a hard time finding a deck where like, I like more than, like, a third or a couple of the cards <laughs> to have them laid out like that all the time. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That sounds cool. Um, ba, 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 ba. Then there's also the zombie tarot, the housewives tarot, which is a recipe box. Oh, okay. I was thinking like the housewives, like Beverly Hills, like garbage. No, yeah, because these <laughs> okay. are still the non-movie ones. But yeah, it's it, it's kind of retro. Yeah, and there's like little recipe cards in it, and some of them have actual recipes. I guess that's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah. This tarot card wants me to make apple pie today. <laughs> yeah, it's more like a how do I decide what to eat for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also the tattoo tarot. Oh, I've seen that at, they have one of those at Urban Outfitters. That was the first one that got me interested in buying one. Urban Outfitters. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was like ink and inspiration or something. I was like, ooh. <laughs> um, a pretty one that was called the Lightseer's Tarot, which is all the light and shadows. Ooh. Yeah. Um, the Modern Witch deck, the Neon Moon Tarot, the oh Astrological Tarot deck. I have to look up what the Neon Moon Tarot looks like. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I've, yeah, I can send you my sources and then they'll have all the lists I use too, but yeah. <laughs> um, the... <laughs> it's so pretty. It's just like purpley pink and black. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that one being pretty. I was like, oh, okay, I'd buy that. And finally, there's the print your own tarot, the cat tarot, and mini tarot. 
Because, of course, pocket size everything. Actually, the pocket size was the first one I think I ever got. <laughs> the oh. pocket size one. <laughs> I would like the cat one, probably, just because cats. Right. They just, people know how to make everything cute. It's like calendars. You gotta, yeah. There's got to be a cat one, a dog one. <laughs> horses. Oh, my God. Always the horses. <laughs> um, all right, we're doing good. Um, <laughs> finally, for tarot, we have some of the t common tarot spreads. The, the one card spread is simplicity at its best. <laughs> yeah. Ask your yes or no question, and if one card should happen to jump out at you while you're still shuffling, you might as well take it. It's probably the one you needed, and it just slipped out on its own. And then you can do a three card spread which I had heard of. <laughs> it's yeah. easy to remember three things. <laughs> I think that's the yeah. one I probably have seen the most. Yeah. I mean, it's quick. There's a couple different variations. Past, present, future. Um, obviously, one is how the past is affecting the present events. The second card is the nature of the position. And the third is the outcome or the possible future. Um. And for that one, if you get a major arcana in the present card, you probably have less control over the situation and you may need to humble yourself to the higher forces. Okay. <laughs> They're like, you're fucked. You got a major arcana. You got, <laughs> you got the fool. No, it's not always bad. It's not always bad to get the fool. I didn't go much into it, but like, just because you got the fool card or the death card doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad interpretation but yeah i don't know people can learn if they don't know about that they can learn more about it when they get into it there's a lot to to learn <laughs> yeah there's so much we're just gonna skim the surface <laughs> um there's another three card spread the situation obstacle advice um it's this one's apparently especially helpful if you just have a conflict you need to resolve and in this one, the second card crosses horizontally over the first card and represents the conflict elements. So it looks a little bit different. And you can do a mind-body-spirit spread for a general overall, how the hell am I doing? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Five-card spreads are often a cross formation and will include like the three card elements such as past, present, future, but then they'll like tack on two more like reasons and potential of situation, kind of a best or worst outcome. <laughs> and there's another five card spread is a rectangle shape with a central theme card, which is usually pulled last and it's surrounded by all the other elements around it. And then the biggest spreads for those most burning questions can be up to 10 cards, like the Celtic Cross. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I've definitely seen that one, but it's it's so big and challenging. I would yeah, recommend it for the first time. It's too much, man. <laughs> 10 things? I'm already gapped out after five. No. Yeah. <laughs> um... But I'm going to tell you the 10 things anyway. 
One is the present. Two is the challenges. Three is the subconscious. Four is the past. Five is the future. Six is the near future. Seven is the internal influences. Eight, the external influences. Nine is the hopes and your fears. And ten is the outcome. <laughs> you really get into it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's too much for one thing. We're... Well, we're not big, like... I wouldn't say we're big overthinkers in some ways, like some people can be over like relationship problems and stuff like that where they're just like constantly like what do you think I should do well should I do it this way or should we do it that way or and they get like analysis paralysis and they can't do anything and they just want to like talk it over with the, their friends 17,000 times <laughs> yeah I mean I am like that a little bit and like certain things but for like 90% of my life I'm not like that yeah you're just like pretty independent and just get it done and you're like all right yeah <laughs> but it depends yeah exactly it depends what part of your life you're talking and stuff yeah um yeah so that's the 10 card spread and there's also spreads for mental healing and very advanced spreads like the horseshoe and the astrological spread with the 12 zodiac signs wow here you could do the astrological spread with your astrological themed cards and you just you'd be so woo woo you'd blow up the universe <laughs> I was gonna say you'd explode <laughs> yeah you just immediately like start smelling like patchouli and <laughs> making kombucha I don't know yeah <laughs> Uh, that was, so that was tarot, and I got a little bit on some runes, um, if you guys aren't too sick of hearing me talk yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no, we're doing pretty good for time. Yeah, Maybe we're... this one will be less than two hours. <laughs> I don't think so, we're coming up on an hour now. Uh, I suppose. Um, okay, I have less pages on these guys. There, there was less, a little bit less about them. Um, I found a little bit on like rune script itself. So this is going to start more with the little bit of history again. You know, I love me some history. <laughs> um, so runes or rune script, it's basically as old. It's at least from 160. It's circa 160 CE or common era. Whew. Older than the tarot, even. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was used from then onwards in Scandinavia. The older version being the Elder. It's called the Elder Futhark script. Um, and that was used basically up until 700 CE with the younger Futhark then taking over, um, which was during the real Viking age from, yeah, about 790 to 1100 CE. Wow. Ooh, I know. It's a lot for my little brain to process. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's a really freaking old writing system. You'll find it. Scandinavia and, and it says as well as in England um, 
but the reason it looks the way it does is, is it was designed to be inscribed on wood or metal, hence the pointy little lines. <laughs> yeah, it'd be easier than curves. A little bit. <laughs> they do it on that show Norsemen I told you about that's like a satire on like Vikings and all those other types of shows. And the one guy is sitting on like, they basically have built their version of a toilet. So it's like <laughs> just a like trench, but they have two logs on it that you like sit on and then you like shit between the logs and it goes down, but you can sit. And they have a oh, yeah. basket of, like, the rune, like, written on wood. And the guy's there, and he, he comes over, and I think he's like, where's all the rune sticks? I need my comics. I can't go to the bathroom without reading my comics. <laughs> and that, like, killed me. Because he's oh, just, like, losing no. his mind. Because somebody <laughs> took the, like, n- their version of, like, a newspaper <laughs> while he's on the can. It was so funny. Or nowadays, yeah, you just have your phone much better yeah. than a newspaper. Yeah. Yeah, that's like those Roman toilets they had. They were basically the mm-hmm. same thing, big trough, and then you had your, like, corn cob or your, like, rag <sighs> on a stick. <laughs> okay, I'll have to check that one out. That, that one sounds good. Oh, it's good. so funny. I love that show. That and I haven't finished the other one. Ressa was recommending the, um... Our flag means death. I haven't. I watched that one. Finished it's it. pretty good. I liked it. I like some funny history. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. And the uh, a fun fact about those little vertical lines—they're called branches or twigs. <laughs> mm. Um. So you find rune script all over many large rune stones. Uh, throughout that were erected throughout the Viking Age all around Scandinavia and it's like the only remaining uh, writing we have of that time that's original you know it's survived from that time okay it's pretty cool it can also be read left to right or vice versa and the asymmetrical letters just get flipped when you're doing so (laughs) really okay apparently don't I have no more information on that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I, well, I did have to think about it for a second. It's like the asymmetrical letters get flipped, and the other ones they're symmetrical, so they just need to stay where they are. But why would you make it confusing so that it could be read either way? <laughs> yeah, that's very strange. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Yeah, it's usually like culturally. Or, like, yeah, a language is read left to right or right to left. Not yeah, both. not both. <laughs> um, each rune has a phonem or speech sound. It also has its own name, a known, a known, a noun. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst sentence ever, and I rewrote it in my own words because the original was even worse. <laughs> Uh, a noun that started and sometimes ended with the same sound the rune is associated with. These are confusing, and I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) But it's basically like a letter. I mean, they each have their own sound and their own name and whatever. So 
the oldest known definitively runic writing was from Denmark, uh, dated 160 CE. It read Harja, I think is the phonetic, the way they, they just spelled it out here. And it means comb or warrior. Because hmm. meanings, we'll get to it. Um, the exact origins are sort of fuzzy and rather debatable, but runic script took some inspiration, at least from the Greek, the Romans, uh, or the Roman language and possibly Danish. Um, the older, the elder Futhark is made up of 24 characters and is named after the first six characters in the alphabet. And the younger Futhark uh, was when it was modified around 700 CE, which was to adapt to Old Norse that was being used at the time. And they ditched eight letters of the original alphabet, among other changes. Okay. Brightened it up. And it's kind of cool. In Norse mythology, Odin gained the knowledge of the runes by sacrificing himself to himself. <laughs> <laughs> On the Tree of Life, Yggdrasil, a.k.a. the tree of which no man knows from where its roots run, or the Windy Tree. <laughs> um, he impaled himself with his spear in the heart, and he hung there for nine days and nights. Then he was granted the ability to use the runes to, gain, to grant power to others, to bless, or to curse, or to raise the dead. Or to raise the dead. <laughs> Uh, he's already pretty powerful. We, we'll just give it more. <laughs> he's proved himself pretty badass. <laughs> um, runes were often inscribed into rune stones to commemorate a hero or an ancestor. Rune masters were regarded very highly, up there with sages, mages, and magicians of all sorts. The knowledge was restricted to nobility, etc. So, makes sense stayed with them um the runes were said to be from the well of Erd, the source of fate and quote the norns used these runes to carry that fate up the trunk and branches of yggdrasil to the nine worlds amidst its boughs <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah Rune casting as divination was documented by the Roman historian Tacitus and appears later in the Norse Eddas and Sagas. Sagas. <laughs> um, so it, it, it does go back a while, um, the divination part, but that's what we're getting to. The rune staves, <laughs> or the rune sticks, as you mentioned. Yeah. These were probably like the earliest form of runes for for casting or divination. Um, it said, quote, they cut off a branch from a nut-bearing tree and slice it into strips. These they mark with different signs and throw them at random onto a white cloth. Then the state's priest, if it is an official consultation or the father of the family in a private one, offers prayer to the gods and looking up towards heaven, picks up three strips, one at a time, and according to which sign they have previously been marked with, makes his interpretation. Okay. That's from learnreligions.com, and it's, yeah, one of the only, like, known writings of how it was done, I guess. Um, bah, 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 going down. 
So for reading them yourself, any modern person, pagan, witchy type or whatever, anyone who's curious can give it a try and add it into their divination dabblings. Um, they are very similar to tarot and the oracle cards. They're tools of guidance and self-learning. Definitely not for exact fortune telling or showing the future. Vikings had seers for the purposes of seeing their fate because they really believed in fate. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was left up to those people. <laughs> That's a whole nother story that we'll have to do one day. <laughs> yeah. Every time in Vikings, when they just licked that guy's palm, I just, like, cringed inside. I was like, no! Yeah! Stop I, licking I was... his dirty hand! I know, I almost fell down a rabbit hole. I was being like, ew, yeah, I remember they had a seer, but they licked his hand. Oh, yeah, okay, gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you just ask the runes a question while you're, like, holding them in the bag or whatever, and then you can lay them out one by one, or you just cast or throw them out um you can use a white cloth as they mentioned in the quote earlier uh both as a stark background for clear viewing and as a sort of magical boundary for protection uh-huh. or throw them right on the floor like you do you it's, it doesn't really matter what's <laughs> it <laughs> you can make your own set of runes by using wood from a nut bearing tree Oak, hazel, pine, and cedar work well. Then carve, wood burn, or paint on the rune symbols. Um, some are just made with small, smooth stones. That's a tongue twister. Um, you can even get crystal runes made out of rose quartz and amethyst. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Cool. Sounds pretty. Um... Just like in tarot, there are variations you can do, like a three-stone cast, a five-stone, etc. And if you do a nine-stone cast, and you should, because nine is apparently very important in Norse mythology, <laughs> you close your eyes and grab out nine runes, toss them onto the cloth, um, take note of any that are face down. They will have meaning and maybe issues yet to come to pass. The closer to the center of the cloth, the more relevant the issues are, and the further away from center, they're less important. Um, and for meanings, each rune can and does have several. Like, Ewa's is a horse, or wheel, or luck. Can you okay. any of those? Um, which, you know, just adds to their mystery, don't you think? <laughs> I don't know. Kind of reminds me of Chinese language. That shit can have all different meanings too, depending on how it's pronounced. Same word. <laughs> they sometimes have a blank rune, but that is sometimes somewhat controversial, rather, due to questionable historical accuracy of having a blank rune. Um, and some sources actually say that the word rune means mystery or secret or whisper. Um, I couldn't verify those particularly. Oxford Dictionary does concede that one of its meanings is a mark or letter of mysterious or magic significance. Significance. Okay. Um, but this was interesting too, their explanation of the, the word from norsetradesman.com. Rune, or 
Rune, Rooney, Runa. Rooney, <laughs> Rooney. <laughs> oh, I had to include it. <laughs> it's a Rooney. Um, as the root weir, root war, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm sorry, my mouth is dry, I ran out of water. Um, <laughs> root word. Rooney Runa, as the root word appears in several ancient dialects, has a unique sense about it. Each one of the terms used over the centuries has hinged on the idea of both speaking and of mystery. Runa, from the Gothic, translates more closely to secret whisper than anything else, while Rin in Old English translates to secret writing. In the Baltics, Rune, or Run maybe, R-U-N, <laughs> Um, means speech, and in Lithuanian, runati means both to speak and to cut with a knife. Possibly okay. an early way to address the carving of woods and words into stone or wood. Hmm. It kind of, I thought that was a little bit fascinating, especially the part about to cut with a knife, carving of woods, the connection is there a bit with the carving into the stone and wood yeah I don't yeah know. um as to the ma magic one quote i found was that rune masters could inscribe a simple bracelet with runes or even abbreviate incantations and carve them onto a tiny medallion and imbue it with powers and charms um also a common way to see a, on a charmed object you might find uh, would be a grouping of three runes or groups of rhyming, rhyming runes. Those were the most powerful combinations. Hmm. The ones that rhyme. Yeah. Um, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Some have also been found in the ancient sites uh, occupied by the Knights Templar. So that's cool. And some have been found on shields or ships for protection or to curse. <laughs> Good or bad. Um, Odin claimed to have known of runes that are hidden, runes which control life and death. Um, but there's also not much, much evidence of the ancient people using the stones for straight up divination and guidance. Uh, most people point to the quote from the story written by Tacitus about the rune staves that I included. Um, so it's not like there's tons of writing that they used rune stones for casting like all that long ago. It's more of a modern interpretation, I guess. That's <clears throat> my understanding. But it did say that they liked to like vikings like to cast lots draw straws for choosing all sorts of stuff so i'm guessing if they had some more free time like we do today they might have used them for just plain figuring out who their boyfriend was gonna be or whatever yeah <laughs> and that is my case wow fascinating so much fun <laughs> And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> sponsor us, sponsor us. <laughs> Some rune set. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. 
Ooh, and uh, yeah, I have a, a set of tarot cards, and then Pat has a set of runes, so we could do that for our Patreon video. <laughs> uh, welcome back. You are still with us. We love you. <laughs> yeah. I have some experience having my tea leaves read with a lady that my mom used to work with at King's Landing, but... I don't think I've ever really tried it myself, <laughs> so I'm fascinated. Yeah, it kind of has a whole ritual to it that you, there's a few different variations of it, and I have to say, in trying to look up pictures or examples of even readings, been like, oh, it's, it's really hard to find good ones online, um, so I had a hard time with that, but... Yeah. I could see that. Even someone showing something to me in a cup and being like, that's a that. I'd be like, really? Okay. You know? Yeah. It's still hard to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, tea leaf reading, or there's a few different names it has. It can go by Tassiography or Tassiomancy. Or Tassology, or Tassiology. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so, according I to... I love Wik a good one that ends in Mancy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Tassiomancy is probably my favorite. It sounds like it belongs in Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. <laughs> so, from the Wikipedia, it said this is... Or uh, is a divination or fortune-telling method that interprets patterns in tea leaves, coffee grounds, or in wine sediments. Which, in all my research, oh. I never came across something mentioning wine sediments again, but come on. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I expect because people try and Filter make sure it's too, yeah, it's too clear and clarified when the time yeah. you buy it. There's not going to be much. Yeah. But when you're brewing it yourself, oh yeah, you definitely mm -hmm. get some. <laughs> yeah. The term comes from the French word tasse, uh, meaning cup. Oh, which, okay. Yeah, is derived from the Arabic loan word into French tasse and the Greek suffix uh, graph meaning writing, and logi, meaning the study of, or mansi, meaning divination. So I guess if mancy. it has mansi oh, in it, it means divination, like something mansi. Nice. I'm yeah. still going to remember it. Mansi means fancy. No. Mansi means fancy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So the... I'm going to get kicked out of divination class here, aren't I? No. <laughs> like Hermione <laughs> we'll get to it I did look up a picture of the the grim that they do oh, yeah. so that yeah there's a few pictures on the drive one of them's of the grim um, yeah. oh yeah did you look at my pictures during my segment I forgot there was just a few of the different um, alphabets <laughs> I looked at the stones yeah <laughs> okay yeah fair enough there wasn't really anything that exciting for me mine unless and if i was gonna start putting like tarot decks i probably never would have stopped <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair 
Yeah. So the practice of tea leaf reading followed the tea and coffee trade routes and was practiced by the Baltic and Slavic nations. And the Romani people helped spread it due to their nomadic lifestyle. So they helped it kind of spread all around. And because of this, the exact origins of the practice itself are unknown. And there's many different regions that practice it with so many different variations. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I would so want to hear all the different places, different little versions. Yeah, it. I didn't really run across, like, specifically saying, like, this version is this group. It's just kind of, like, different. Every source I looked at had a slightly different way that they said to do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you're, like, you're hanging with friends or something and you're like, oh, you ever play that game? And you're like, yeah, but we called it this and we did it this way. And it's just all slightly different. Yeah. So because of the, it not really being pinned down to a specific region or group, it did say, at least on the Wikipedia, it's not considered to be something called a specific closed cultural practice. So basically means that performing readings isn't actually considered any sort of cultural appropriation, which I feel like people have talked about with this before. Oh, they like it because it d- doesn't take from any yeah. particular culture? Okay. Yeah, it, so okay. you actually, it's not really offending anybody by doing this because it's, it doesn't belong to any, too much to any specific group. Oh yeah, it's the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> that's cool, because people, yeah, that's one thing that people can get so greedy about, mm-hmm. and you don't hear about things like that. It, it reminds me of how Volvo, like, just didn't patent the seatbelt and was like, we just would rather save lives, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't really belong to, like, a specific religion, Um, But it did say, at least on Wikipedia, that it is oftentimes traditional to ask permission from a Romani elder as a sign of respect, which is pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Western taseography can be linked back through medieval European fortune tellers who developed the practice through readings of splatters of wax, lead, and some other molten substances. Ooh, splatters of wax. Splatters, yeah. That stuff is so fun. I don't know why. It's just so fun to interpret it all and, like, hear about all the different specific ones that people do. Yeah, wax, metal, and... Yeah. Like, why do we do these things? (laughs) Right? Trying to find meaning in everything. (laughs) <laughs> I must uh, know what happens. Spoilers. I need spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did find a, a few things about the coffee readings that people do. Coffee grounds. And <laughs> this has, yeah, there's no. not very much about it. The different sources say that coffee fortune telling first appeared in the Ottoman palaces in the 1500s. And it was mostly belonging to, this belongs mostly to the Turkish culture because of their Turkish coffee. And I bet they probably make good coffee and I don't even yeah. really like coffee, but it's I, a, you have, it smells good, a good coffee. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, Turkish and one other thing. Um, I can't remember the other place. That are supposed to be like the two, like if you're a coffee person, those are the two coffees. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure we should know. It's yeah. probably somewhere um, South America. I don't know. Yeah, Colombia. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it wasn't Colombia, though. It was somewhere different. No. Yeah. Um, so this became <laughs> yeah, we, popular. We don't know our coffee, and we don't probably know our cigars either. No. <laughs> um, so this became popular in the Turkish culture at least the coffee fortune telling um due to the concubines at the time so okay yeah and so, hmm. they are like mistresses they were bored and essentially would drink coffee and tell each other's fortunes and basically gossip so that's kind of uh, how it started and then it tea sort of time <laughs> yeah um going back to the tea the best tea that they say to use obviously is loose leaf tea um because you need it to be yeah. free they recommend to use black oolong darjling or earl gray and it oh, is recommend yeah <clears throat> i love earl gray <laughs> yeah i know you make do. the london fogs with <laughs> i i really like black um black and white tea you can use as well Okay, I mean, yeah, a good like Earl Grey is just basically a black tea with a little bit of um, what you call it in it, bergamot, if that's how you say it. It's like I always thought it was like a flower, but it's like some sort of little fruit that it has a a little bit of a florally taste. I don't know oh, how okay. else to describe it. Um, that's cool. I like yeah. white teas too. Those are fun, and they taste good with fruit <clears throat> yeah i really like white tea um so green they, tea can suck it i okay i'm one of the few people <laughs> that green tea always tastes like soap like it's oh. like a thing some people's taste buds interpret it as soap and i can only ever taste soap like i just hate green tea i can't I just stand find it it's, yeah it's just so bitter on its own that i'm like yeah. what we're not gonna have any honey in this or like i need scads and scads of honey and lemon and oh. ginger and whatever because this is just gonna taste like ass without it <laughs> i don't normally put anything in my tea sometimes i'll put like a tiny bit of honey but i mean that could be a whole debate my mom's <laughs> mom used to say that ladies don't put sugar in their tea only little girls or something like that <laughs> But I also come drink. A long way. I also drink coffee black. So I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> black or with some milk. That's it. Um, yeah. Wow, pick your poison, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So those are the ones they recommend to use. They say don't really use one that contains any sort of flower buds or petals. Or I assume fruit or anything like that, like dried fruit, like some of them do. Because yeah, those this... real chunky ones, like David's teas, yeah. Yeah, because I'm you guessing. need, like, uniform leaf shapes and sizes, and those will help clump together to cre create the clearest symbols that you can interpret. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I guess the other stuff can be just kind of distracting. So... 
um, generally the person who wants their future told um, or a question answered, if they're doing this as like a two-person group, uh, is normally called the sitter or the consultant. I'll, I'll call them, I think, the oh. sitter throughout, just because it's a little easier. You don't want them to sound like a John Grisham novel? <laughs> consultant. Well, the consultant seems like you're, you know, you're asking the other person to interpret your tea leaves, so would that not make them the consultant? Yeah, yeah. Right? That got confusing to me. Yeah, maybe it's got a different meaning nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think most of the time I say the sitter is the person um, that's asking for the reading, and then the other person will be the reader, just because that seemed easier out of, like, the names that they were given. Okay. Um. So there is a Encyclopedia of Occultism and Parapsychology that's the 5th edition, Volume 2. Okay, the fifth edition. Yeah, fifth edition, volume two. It was edited by James Gordon Melton. And this notes that this is part of the ritual. After a cup of tea has been poured without using a tea strainer, the tea is drunk or poured away, and the cup should then be shaken well and any remaining liquid drained off in the saucer. The diviner now looks at the pattern of tea leaves in the cup and allows the imagination to play with the shapes suggested by them um, yes yeah. this sounds very familiar with the drain like the saucer turning you know draining in the sauce i've heard something like yeah. that yeah uh, i like it it's like drink it up <laughs> so one of the things i read said that milton this description or ritual that milton describes of pouring away the tea and then shaking the cup are normally, like, it's rarely used. Most readers ask the sitter to drink the tea and then swirl the cup in order to kind of spread the tea leaves. Oh, yeah, he said pour it first and then... Well, he said to... Took the cup over. Yeah, he said basically <laughs> drink it or just pour the tea out and then shake the cup. So it's like, wouldn't it just fly everywhere? Be so messy. Yeah, I cannot <laughs> yeah. picture that going well. <laughs> no. Um, I can't picture it at all. <laughs> like, <yeah>. What? <laughs> Another one of the things I read said, there's like four different versions of rituals that came. I kind of go into all of them in different parts. Wow, um, nice. A, a lot of things talk about using your left hand. But it doesn't really say why. Um, this one oh. says, using the left hand to swirl the cup three times, invert the cup on the saucer, and leave it for about one minute, then rotate it three times. Turn the cup back upright, positioning the handle due south. Um, so that's very important. It's mentioned in almost all of the rituals. So the cup, the handle should be due south. Oh, mm -hmm. I've heard of the turning it around. Like, yeah at least i think i've heard three times at least yeah i remember yeah. there being definitely a, a a a sort of ritual about it yeah that's yeah so there's a thing about fun. uh where the tea leaves sit in the cup and if the handle of the cup isn't positioned in a certain way then you may not have the right reading of the symbols in it and where they kind of fall in the different areas 
it's not turned in the right spot. Damn. Um, mm-hmm. It's like and, looking for constellations. <laughs> right? The With this, the tea leaves should all be stuck in a variety of shapes and clumps, clusters all around the cup. And tea leaves that are near the handle suggest events that are relating to the sitter's immediate surroundings, whereas the leaves that are directly across from the handle or due north symbolize the external issues and outside influences. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Seems easy to remember, too. Yeah. The cup is divided into three sections, for the most part. There's some variations. The rim, basically, or really close to the rim, symbolizes the present. And the sides represent the near future. And the bottle of bottom of the cup signifies the far future. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. this is all sounding similar to the positioning parts of tarot and the runes. Yes. That's cool. So depending on the question, these zones can be used to gauge the timing or how soon a situation is likely to occur. The connection or the physical or symbolic distance between two individuals or the intensity, such as the leaves on the rim, could suggest a life-changing event um, that's going to happen really soon because the rim symbolizes the present. Oh, man. Yeah, it's coming Mm -hmm. right on the lip of the horizon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My next little part is some tips and suggestions for the ritual that I found on teahow.com. Oh, tea... Tea how? I don't know why that made it sound like I was picturing like a T-Mobile or like a rap for name like <laughs> oh, T-Pain. No. <laughs> what the hell? Um, My like brain you don't doesn't know how do context. To you don't what? know how to tea. Uh, tea how? I swear um, I know how to spell tea. <laughs> so they said from I couldn't find the person's name. I think it, this is more of a blog um, that this person runs. Okay. So this is what he had typed up. Um, It said, let a pinch of tea steep for a few minutes, pour boiling water into the cup, and cover it with a lid or a saucer, and let the tea leaves steep for a few minutes. Drink the tea, but leave a teaspoon or so of it in the cup. Don't empty it completely. Take the handle of the cup in your left hand and quietly ask for help to read your future. Now swirl Quietly. Yeah. (laughs) May I please have some help? <laughs> help me. Uh, now swirl the cup in a counterclockwise direction to spread the tea or coffee. Take a take a saucer and invert the cup on the saucer. Leave the cup on the saucer for about a minute or, uh, so all the contents of the cup can drain away. Slowly turn the cup up uh, from the right. Now the tea leaves are ready to be read according to the the salient rules of tassiography. I don't know God what damn. the salient rules are. Um, I think he, everybody's like, my way is the right way. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was very much that way. Uh, he also did include some tips to consider before reading, which were pretty good. Um, It said that the ritual to read tea leaves is quite important, and it allows the reader to align themselves with a greater power, 
and allowing them to guide the reader, who's the one that's going to be interpreting. This ritual should only be completed by the person who wants to have their future read, in case you are the one... Uh, so if you're the one that's going to be reading the leaves for someone else, then this other person should be completing the ritual. So you shouldn't be touching anything. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. That's, uh, yeah, that's like with the tarot cards, how the, the questioner, they sometimes call it, is shuffling the cards and putting their question in. And there's like, you don't want yeah. any taint from any of the reader's influence yeah yeah <laughs> yeah sorry um, <laughs> so they also had some steps to take before you start the process um this guy just had everything on his website it was pretty good uh, <laughs> they were like make some cookies to go with the tea <laughs> right no not quite <laughs> uh it said try to clear your mind of any thoughts and trust your first impressions don't second-guess yourself and let the process guide you. Don't try to rush the process and let it come to you naturally. Uh, calmly examine the shapes of the tea leaves and how it is distributed. Don't try to force an answer. And observe the tea leaves in depth and let the answer naturally appear to you. Uh, when okay. looking, yeah. When looking at the tea leaves, try to discern the shapes and figures of how the leaves clump together and observe how your instinct is trying to guide you. Don't read the leaves in a time-bound manner. Um, so don't try and, like, if it's not coming to you, um, then it's just not coming to you and it's not going to happen. Um, don't try Somebody's and set like, a time limit. I've got to fill limit. the dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Like, no. uh, so it says leave space for ambiguity. And tea leaf reading provides indications, and the meaning of the indications changes based on the content. Um, so now the sitter should calm their minds while holding the cup and contemplate the questions they want to ask. The, yeah, again, the handle of the cup represents the consultant or reader, or no, the sitter in their respective spheres or residence. And so that's basically their house. Like, the handle represents the house. Yeah, like themselves. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's the house, or sorry, it's the south point of the compass. And the fixed point denotes the letters to the sitter. So what's going to be coming to them? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to uh, me. It can also mean journeys away from home or the residence of the sitter. So they talk about, like, if there's, I believe it's birds. Uh, if birds are coming towards you, it can mean, like, you're going to receive, like, something. Oh. Or if it's going away from you. That's why it's important to have the handle in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that with the birds. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I have a bunch of the symbols. It was kind of cool. Um, nice. So the symbols in the cup, which appear near the handle, stand a greater chance to be fulfilled. And the prediction is based on the meaning of the symbols in context to their position in the cup, as well as the other symbols around them. For example, bad omens can be offset by stronger good omens. And alternatively, 
bad omen can be strengthened by another bad omen. Yeah, okay. Like yeah. a circle of influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple pictures on the drive. There's oh, yeah. um, a picture of a zodiac cup, which shows like the zodiac signs. So some people use that. It has a cup and a saucer. And then there's another one oh. uh, that people kind of just use it for different areas. So, like, there's just, like, male, female, uh, moon, yeah. that kind of stuff Yeah, to have it. the symbols Lock. is cool. Yeah. I remember, yeah, if you have someone see a symbol in your cup and be like, oh, I might see it you know, tall, dark, handsome person, and then you get all <laughs> excited yeah. hearing that. And then, yeah, if you just have the signs already there, and then mm -hmm. you could just have a symbol next to the sign or whatever. Yeah. Up a bit. Cool. So, most often for tea leaf reading, there is a white cup that's used. It's just any plain white cup. Mm -hmm. And some methods use the positioning of the grounds or tea in the cup. And there's these marked cups that we kind of talked about that show lines or decora decorations, different designs on them, or even the zodiac signs. The zodiac one seems to be pretty common and popular. They just look cool, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I see one. One just has the zodiac and the other one had, it looked like, zodiac plus a bunch of other symbols like you said <clears throat> yeah yeah they're a little hard to see those were the best pictures i could find um oh i will buy one <laughs> yeah so for coffee reading the bit that i was able to find out oh this is where i said it it's traditionally practiced with <laughs> arabic or turkish coffee as they produce a very oh, thick sediment arabic and, duh. yeah 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 um, <laughs> I have yeah. heard about those beans. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so the coffee is drunk, and then the sediment is allowed to settle. And there are some variations to the method of coffee reading, and commonly covering the cup with the saucer and then turning it upside down again. So similar to the tea leaf reading that way. When I looked up coffee reading, it basically looked like brown sludge to me. And then everything was about... I guess where the coffee wasn't, where tea leaves is where the tea leaves are. This is more about, like, where it isn't. Um, yeah, and, like, coffee grounds are, they're grounds, so they're yeah. completely shapeless, and they just become yeah. such a mush by the time it comes out that, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't see how anyone could read anything out of that but i suppose that's why i looked up examples to add the spinning and yeah i couldn't find Ugh. a single picture where anybody could even point to anything that looked like anything <laughs> so i felt kind of bad uh <laughs> do you see the orb in the picture yeah, yeah. sure we do <laughs> i see a bug um <laughs> yeah. so I did find, at least in the Turkish tradition, the cup is divided into two horizontal halves. Um, oh. So the symbols appearing on the bottom half of the cup are interpreted as messages regarding the past, and the top half of the cup being messages from the future. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. And alternatively, the cup can be divided into vertical halves, so just like a regular half. 
to determine yes or no answers along with the overall outcome of events represented by symbols. So I guess one side can be yes, one side can be no. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so from Wikipedia, it said for the coffee reading, for example, some fortune tellers may read symbols on the left half as negative events or outcomes, while symbols in the right half are read as positive. Other readers may adhere to the belief that the cup is capable of revealing insights about the past, but it cannot predict events beyond 40 days into the future. Um, Whoa! 40 yeah, days and 40 nights? <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, the man. saucer may also be incorporated into the reading. As with the cup, different variations exist for what the saucer represents, including whether the saucer sticking to the cup indicates a positive or negative outcome. So I guess if there's oh like gosh. some section, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've thought of everything. Yeah. Um, so getting into some of the symbols. Uh, from... Ooh, yay. <laughs> I think a bunch of this was from Wikipedia. I think this whole thing was from Wikipedia, like my whole next section. Um, there's many possibilities. Yeah, there's many possibilities of images appearing in a cup, and images formed in the cup are created and uniquely seen by the reader. So it is often said that the only limitation for cup reading or tea leaf reading is the imagination of the reader themselves. I could see that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to have some imagination to be looking into (laughs) tea leaves and just seeing something. It's like that ink blot test. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Uh, Symbols can mean many things, including, or sorry, symbols can be many things, including people, animals, physical objects, thoughts, feelings, words, and instincts. Often, the reader will interpret symbols together for a prediction, as well as acknowledging their individual meaning. So that's similar to what you said about tarot. Uh, Yeah, it affects each other around it. Yeah. Yeah. The symbol interpretation can be drawn from history, statistics, pop culture references. I didn't really understand what that meant. Uh, There's Jesus in that I see Wolverine. There's his claws. Uh... And often nature, as well as how we interact with the world. There are also many classic image interpretations. Uh, so this is what I talked about when you were talking about that old, um, when the guy, like, ascribed meaning to all the cards. Yeah. Um, there's a book called The Teacup Reading. Um, let me get the name. The Teacup Reading and the Art of Fortune Telling by Tea Leaves that was written by the Highland Seer in 1881. And, yeah. Um, Ooh. Yeah. The Highland Seer, like Scottish Highlands? I believe so. It offers a comprehensive (laughs) list of standard tea leaf symbols and their meanings, along with sample configurations and interpretations. And even today, many tea readers still consider this text to be a fundamental resource. So it's kind of like the one. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's there's definitely part in the Outlander books where there's a, a seer. Those things, they're hard to forget. They're always pretty, depicted pretty gnarly. Wait, 
Am I thinking of a seer or just when they showed... They definitely had a Sin Eater in Outlander. And sometimes they look similar, like, to the seer they had on the Vikings. Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah. This, uh, it totally probably is the Highlands because they're, they're super superstitious. They're not a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so the, the size of the symbol that is seen or interpreted also matters. So the larger the symbol, the greater the importance or impact. Oh, okay, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, so starting us off in, I guess, the symbols and their meanings... Uh, we have letters and lines. So they can link images together or symbols together. And letters can represent the first letter of a person's name in relation to a symbol. Um, so if you have like a negative symbol and there's like an M or something that you can see beside it, then uh... it could mean that that symbol could be coming to you from a person that's name starts with, with M. Kind of that's interesting because mm -hmm. yeah that would definitely make it easier to try and figure out what's yeah yeah who it's talking about and what yeah so the that's for letters so they're almost always just going to be attached to something so it's if you can make out a letter it's what it's closest to um that's another symbol and lines formed by tea leaves can indicate a travel or a trip there's lots about trips and travel it seems to be the biggest thing um <laughs> i wonder and... if that's a, like a psychic's go-to as well are you going on a trip soon no <laughs> maybe i don't know so no, it's, it's, it's fun though it's fun stuff to think about <laughs> yeah the longer the line it can signify a longer journey if you have a broken line or a wave it could indicate delayed journeys as opposed to straight lines which could mean rapid trips and numbers oh can also be seen and if they're near the line it could signify the length of the journey oh, cool. like, I like that yeah um dots is also pretty important so they're normally also something that's going to be surrounding a symbol uh so they could be surrounding or near symbols and lots of times they mean that money can be coming in um so you want lots of dots <laughs> for the most part okay because it almost always means money and depending on the symbols obviously in their other contexts but a lot of times dots equals money um, mm, dots yeah. dots 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 everybody yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a number of symbols in a cup can signify what phase a person is in in their life so if there's a bunch of symbols that you can read it means that it's a very significant time in the sitter's life, as opposed to if, okay. if you can't really make out anything. Maybe it's just not a significant time. Maybe there isn't a lot that, like, needs to be discussed, I guess, going on at that time. Right. can be a good thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, it could just be a period of rest for you, right? Um, <laughs> yeah change is change is great but it's it's not change is good too <laughs> yeah so i did find a kind of a good this was the best example i could find of a tea leaf cup it's basically a diagram it's from tusa um so it shows 
a few of the different symbols and kind of just like a drawn thing. Uh, but it has like the one you can see it shows numbered and it tells you what they are. So like the ones in anchor, there's an axe, there's a heart, a palm tree, oh, yeah, yeah. there's a couple triangles and a letter L. So you can kind of see they aren't, I guess, other than the palm tree and maybe the heart, it's not super like visible. So you do kind of have to use your imagination quite a bit for it. Yeah, once you say axe, I'm like, yep, I can see an axe out of that. It's a yeah. little axe. There's a little heart. But before that, the you probably wouldn't yeah. have thought so. The palm tree is very distinguishing, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's well, a palm tree or Sideshow Bob's hair, which yeah. arguably also looks like a palm tree. So, yep. <laughs> and then the L. Yeah, that one's easy. But yeah. Oh, I see the triangles now. Definitely, yeah. you, you'd kind of have to train your eye, though. Otherwise, yeah. you'd just see blobs. I think first, the anchor... Know. I don't know what they mean when... Because at one point, they talk about um, one of the symbols being a boat. So I feel like the anchor, number one, really looks like a boat to me. Like a sailboat. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. It's got... It's a... I guess it's like an anchor that's got two crossbars. Yeah. And the proportions are a little wacky. But, I mean, I suppose if you're looking for a perfect depiction in here, then you're never going to yeah. find any images. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks um, anchor-ish, but also could look like a sailboat or an airplane <laughs> Yeah, to me. <laughs> uh, So... I, at first, was just going to read through the big, long list. I found probably, like, 30 different symbols in their meanings. And then like, I just... here you go. <laughs> yeah. I kind of decided to group them, uh, a bunch of them based on kind of just okay. in general what they mean, because um, I thought that okay. might be a bit easier. So, um, there's some that are very specific, so there'll be kind of a miscellaneous category at the end. And this isn't by no means all of them, obviously. <laughs> but um, the first one they talked about was actually failed projects, which I wouldn't think would be a thing. But it's basically anything okay. that's considered to be an aircraft, balloons, or any sort of plane is considered, like, interpreted as a failed project. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I see. Weird. <laughs> right? That one's a little strange. Uh, you can have a lot of prosperity in a business or romantic relationship. If you have an anchor, a cow. Uh, if you have a heart that's surrounded by dots, it means the money. Uh, if there's a heart Ooh. surrounded by a ring, it can mean marriage. If okay. You... Mm -hmm. Like a... Yeah, because I was going to say, just a circle or ring was the only thing I ever remembered hearing anything about. Okay. I mean, I don't remember any of the other ones. I thought yeah. maybe if you saw a ring by itself, it was like a wish or something. But then again, maybe that's just what the lady reading mine said, you know? It probably yeah. was her own thing. <laughs> uh, a house can mean business success. Um, and then oh. a swan. Uh, for good news... You can have an angel, which is nice. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> um, weirdly, a dagger means help from friends. Um, oh. 
Yeah. Nice sharp dagger to watch your back with. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, fish can mean good news from another country. And oh. a pine tree can mean contentment. Or I guess that you're just happy. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one's kind of a, a, almost a logical one as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for good luck, there is, of course, the clover. Ah, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's also the elephant, which can mean luck, health, and happiness. Oh, They're... okay. Mm-hmm. They're cool creatures. Yeah. So the palm tree is actually really good. It can mean success in any undertaking. So that's one of my Hot damn. Yeah. I want some <laughs> of that. Get me some of that, right? <laughs> uh, squares can mean comfort and peace. And an acorn can mean good health. Okay. Like a... Mm-hmm. We're going to grow up like a big oak tree. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Uh, for <laughs> meaning success in long life, uh, you have apples, a butterfly. Uh, there's the crown that means success and honor. You also have a... Yeah, I like the crown. Uh, yeah. You can have a hat or any of the heavenly bodies, which would be the sun, moon, stars... Uh, you can... Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can have a pair, which would mean wealth or social status. And... A pair, like the fruit. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and then sheep mean prosperity and success. I guess they do if you sell their wool. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, for overcoming issues, you could see the symbols, the axe or the hammer. So that one's good, too. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, you do. <laughs> you uh, come for... at those issues. <laughs> yeah. Come at them swinging. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for money, uh, you can f- see a car, which would mean approaching wealth. Oh, you... Mm-hmm. Driving That's towards good. it. Yeah. You can have a castle or circles. <gasps> mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a castle in our name. <laughs> yeah. And we have a circle in our logo. A stone circle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now uh, I'm just thinking about manifesting <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> money, money, I'm money. I'm reading into everything. Yeah. Sorry. Um... One I probably thought was one of, like, the cooler things was you can also, for money, have a greyhound, like the dog, and it would mean Ooh. fortune from hard work, because they're pretty hard-working dogs, so... Yeah. That was kind of cool. They, like, race them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, as I said, journey or, like, trips is a really big thing. Uh, so there's the birds... Um, they can also mean good luck or, like, bringing something to you, like a message. Um, mm, there's a bridge. Uh, there's compasses, which mean business travel, specifically. A uh, horseshoe, oh. <laughs> which can mean a lucky trip or success in choosing a partner. Both mm. good things. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a kite, a ladder, and a ship, which would just mean successful journey. Mm. For bad news, uh, there's arrows. There's a fox, which would mean a backstabbing from a close friend. You don't want to oh, see no. foxes. You also don't want to see a goat, which would mean enemies. An hourglass would mean imminent danger. <laughs> oh god, like, yeah. look behind you! <laughs> yeah. Uh, reptiles mean arguments, and scissors means arguments, a breakup, or illness. Just... <laughs> Trifecta. Yeah, yeah, scissors don't always mean good things. <laughs> no. But, like, yeah, it seems like every four-legged animal you might see in there, it's just not gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, snakes are also a bad omen. Oh, um, so... Yeah. Even no animals leg with legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, great. For Is there death. any animals we do want? <laughs> uh, like birds. Oh, right, right. Uh, right. Elephants, butterflies... <laughs> Cows, okay. swans, yeah, the cute then one. It, it looks like a cow or a goat. I'm gonna say it's a cow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, for death, a uh, coffin can mean a lengthy sickness. Mm. Mm hmm. There's the kettle, as well as a shark, which would mean the danger of death. So get that Jaws music going. <laughs> Poor sharks. I was getting a bad rap. We were doing that, oh my gosh, yesterday. Rooney, because she's really good at crawling now. Last, like two weeks ago, she learned how to crawl. Now she's a pro. Right. So my brother. nothing but practice since, I'm sure. My brother was laying on the ground and he was doing something on his phone because Rooney was kind of just like crawling around and we were all just kind of like doing stuff. So she'd crawl up to us. Well, she started crawling towards my brother, and I started going, da 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 And then when she got to my brother, my, um, I guess they taught her how to, like, roar. So if you go, rawr, she'll go, rawr. Um, <laughs> so she, I was going, like, da na 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 And she went up to my brother and went, rawr. <laughs> and I was like, we all died. It was so cute. <laughs> Little Rooney roar. Yeah. Aww. Oh, so cute. <laughs> um yeah you guys should definitely tape that <laughs> yes oh yeah i should have more videos of her um so for ending up i think one of the last bad ones nope there's some in the miscellaneous category i like <laughs> um for trouble there's oh. clouds um oh. yeah damn come up clouds now Coming yeah <laughs> um but if the cloud is surrounded by dots it means monetary success so as i said dots means money oh my god you want those dots um if you have a cross it can mean trouble a delay or a death so crosses aren't good no not great <laughs> yeah. uh, a gun can mean disharmony or slander and a saw can mean trouble from strangers, which is so specific. Oh uh, yeah, definitely thinking horror movies now. A saw can mean trouble from strangers. Yeah. Jigsaw. Oh. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for the miscellaneous ones, there's a boat, which can mean a visit from a friend. Oh, your yeah. friend on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a bouquet can represent good overall circumstances, including friends, love life, and financial matters. Oh, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. A dragon can mean large and sudden changes. Didn't say whether they were good or bad. Uh... <sighs> Probably depends on the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, eagle can mean honor and riches achieved through a change in housing. So specific. You, yeah, like, you buy a new house then? I guess so. <laughs> Congrats on moving. Here's an eagle and some money. <laughs> oh, and if you already live in a house, then you must move to a castle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a knife can mean disaster met through fighting and hatred. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Damn straight. Um, this one I think was a little different. So it was talking about the like letters again. Um, so if there's it was so mm. confusing. It said letter square of rectangular leaves, which I don't know what that means. Means news uh initials mm. nearby this can signify the bearer of the news. So who's gonna bring you the news? And dots with the letter means money, but if the image of the dots is cloudy, it means loss of money. So there's just too much going on in that sentence. A lot of variables there. Yeah. I mean, okay, if there's it's one thing if it's whatever, yeah. a letter next to a rectangle next to... Okay. Next to some dots, but God, they're cloudy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're going to need to consult the book a lot. <laughs> yeah. For all these different, yeah. Uh, so, as I said, lines, they can mean journey. They also can mean the direction of the journey when you're reading with a nearby symbol. Uh, wavy lines can mean the difficult journey again. Straight lines can also mean peace, happiness, and a long life. Mm -hmm. Want yeah. all those? Get, like, some really, really chunky loose-leaf tea. Just, like, super long things, and I'd be like, it made a line! Uh, <laughs> what's known for a long leaf? Yeah. <laughs> Probably like oolong or black tea. Oh, oolong. Oolong. <laughs> um, if not, it makes a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have to. Oh, never mind. I have like a page and a half left. I almost said, I have like not much left, only a couple. No. Uh, there's a list. <laughs> yeah. There's the moon, which can be happiness and success. The crescent Ooh. moon means prosperity. But if it's cloudy, this means problems will be solved. So you want this one to be cloudy, I guess. Oh, I was going to say, moon's looking out for us. And then I just I posted something on our Instagram that was a meme I came across that was something about here we go blaming the full moon again and then the moon be like that's not my fault stephanie quit blaming it on me <laughs> love it like <laughs> yeah it was pretty cute <laughs> uh so the next one is the mountain uh can mean a powerful friend or if many mountains powerful enemies 
The mountain is a powerful friend you want to have in Westeros. <laughs> yeah. If there's many, it's enemies. I guess oh, a, an army, army of... of those zombie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoa. No thanks. Uh, mushroom can mean a sudden separation of lovers following a fight. So specific. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, that's when, like, some of these I just couldn't categorize anymore. It's just, like, getting tired. Um, the <laughs> yeah. owl can mean sickness, poverty, a warning against starting a new business or venture, deceit in love, or other unlucky events. Well, bad. they are usually a bad omen. We learned that from yeah, you as well. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so the pig, if you see a pig, it can mean a faithful lover but jealous friends. Don't exactly know what that means. <laughs> your friends are jealous of your faithful lover. I don't know. Who is a pig? <laughs> Who is a pig? In a cup made of tea. Uh, <laughs> a rabbit can mean success in a city. Do you live in the city? I don't know. Um, There's jack rabbits in this city. Yeah, <laughs> they love my crab apples. A <laughs> uh, rat can mean losses through enemies or employees. Okay, um, okay, because they ratted you out. <laughs> yeah, the ring can symbolize marriage, like you said. If there's a letter nearby, it's the initial of the future spouse, and if the ring is at the bottom. Bottom of what? The bottom. It means the marriage will not take place. If the ring is surrounded by clouds, it signifies an unhappy marriage. That's a lot. Hmm. Is it just... Does it look like a ring, like a jewelry ring? Or just like a ring, like a circle? I, wonder. I think it's supposed to be a jewelry ring. Oh, Otherwise, okay, it probably yeah. would have just been circle. Okay, because um, yeah, there was like dots and then rings. And I was like... Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, if there's a saw that was trouble from strangers, uh, a sword means arguments, especially between lovers. A broken sword means enemies that will win. So you don't want to have a broken sword. I guess not. (laughs) Uh, Trees mean good luck, prosperity, and happiness. If they're surrounded by dots, the fortune will be found in the country. So wow. go to the country. <laughs> Just based off your tea leaf reading. <laughs> yeah, go to the trees, to the country. Uh, <laughs> if you see triangles, they're good luck or an unexpected inheritance. So they're pretty good. Yeah. The umbrella can mean difficulty or annoyance. Um, this one may be sad, but the unicorn means scandal. Oh, scandalous. Leave that unicorn alone. Uh, Sassy. (laughs) Yeah, just scandal. No other meaning. Just scandal. Um, The wheel. Also a unicorn. Oh my god. Specific. Yeah. Uh, The wheel can mean inheritance, and worms mean secret enemies. Oh my god. So that's it for the Worms. list I've found. Um, it was, like, wow. composed of a few different places um, wow. that had different meanings. Again, it's not all of them. 
Um, it's extensive, though. <laughs> yeah. My last little bit was just, uh, it was, I think, a list of seven fun facts about tea leaf readings, but by the time I got through all my research, I had basically covered five out of the seven. So these are the two I haven't talked about already. <laughs> you're like here are other two fun facts we're like what what do you mean yeah here's two out of seven fun facts from a website <laughs> well hopefully um, they're the most fun <laughs> yeah eh, they're okay it's just stuff i hadn't mentioned already um and it says it this was fact five it doesn't happen often but it's possible for tea leaves to just not want to be read um, this was all, like, stuff from a person that does tea leaf readings. So it said, quote, Sometimes a person will come and have a reading, and I will just know something is blocking or holding back. When I look into their cup, all the patterns would be saying to come back at another time, that this isn't the right time to have a reading. Then at that point, I would say to them that it was a lovely cuppa, and I wouldn't charge them as there was no reading. <laughs> That's so British. Yeah. Lovely cuppa. <laughs> uh, and then number six was you should not plan to have your tea leaves read often. And oh. this was mentioned kind of with the coffee one about it being 40 days that you can only see ahead. Um, mm. So for this, for tea leaf reading, this lady says, I will always suggest to people that putting at least three months, but more often six months between readings, as it gives time for, gives time for things to change, grow, and develop. Um, okay. I can't yeah. see that being bad advice at all. <laughs> right? But, yeah, that was what I finished off with. Uh-uh. But... <laughs> No, I like it. Yeah. I was looking at the pictures again, and I wanted to ask, to, uh, when we did the list of the symbols, was, did you talk about the grim then? I know you have a picture of it on the drive, but then no, I can't remember if we uh, specifically talked about it. The only thing I that was a dog was the greyhound. It didn't even say a regular oh. dog anywhere. I didn't um, say no black dog means death. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's the the Harry Potter one. Where it's um, like, and it's like in the picture, the whole bottom of the cup. It looks like yeah, and you can see the eyeball part of a dog. Yeah, His ears. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be a really lucky reading. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, how big is the picture? Well, there's only one symbol. Giant ass <laughs> no, dog. Turn, yeah, and then they'd be like, turn it this way. It looks like a. A man running with a big hat. I don't know. <laughs> sure, you can find a different interpretation. But, um, yeah. That's awesome. I tried to look up other, like, movies or TV shows that kind of had tea leaf reading in it. And really the only thing that came up was kind of Harry Potter. Um, well, that's funny, hey? Yeah, it's not something that's been in a lot of, like, media or anything yeah and why is it that like things like tarot cards and crystals get all the fun <laughs> i'd say crystals is like one of the biggest things that's in, like everything now yeah probably because people like pretty trinkets as much as they like also yeah you know being able to meditate on things and have something to hold on to and look at <laughs> yeah but yes we're doing our best keeping it up for the 
you know, the maybe not so cool <laughs> parts of the woo-woo witchy stuff and <laughs> the lesser known. And I was, yeah, I was really cool. I was really excited to hear that all about tea leaf reading. Yeah, I didn't know much before. I, I think it'd be something that'd be kind of cool to for us to try and maybe for a patreon or something mm-hmm. and maybe we could each do our own and see if we can we could post like a picture of it and try and interpret yes. it and see if we I can see that. anything it, one thing did say if you can't see something like you're supposed to kind of look at it and be like what like is kind of the first thing that you notice about it and then start from there Another yeah. thing said, um, not even just like if you can't see anything, it just it's not gonna be that day or whatever. Another thing just said like even just setting it down and like going and doing something else and coming back. Sometimes oh. you'll see something different. So Yeah. Oh, I could see that for sure. Yeah. You just yeah. get a different perspective on it and it's like one of those seeing magic eye pictures or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> concentrate on yeah yeah Yeah, it's definitely it's a good idea yeah something fun to do so we do that you can join our patreon and we'll maybe do that at some point and upload it we'll have a lot of videos coming their way pretty soon (laughs) we have our videos like ready to or in our heads we have our videos for probably the rest of the year they're all lined up yeah (laughs) filmed or film them yeah they're all up there. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully you guys enjoyed oh. this episode. It was lots of fun for us, I think. And we really enjoyed it. I Yeah, and it's a lot more uplifting than true crime. Yeah. But speaking of that, we are doing some fun true crime next week. And by fun, yes. I mean murderous, which is everyone's yeah. favorite, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be doing some older cases that used to be cold cases. We're cold cases for quite a long time, and then we're solved for one reason or another. Yes. Which is always nice, you know, even when it's had decades of nothing. It's nice for families to eventually get closure and everything. It's so true. It's mm-hmm. just better late than never. I mean, it's it's just better all around. Yeah. When people go to jail or whatever, and at least you just know. I don't want to say closure, but you just know. Yeah. So, yeah, they're really interesting cases. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that'll be next week. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And, yeah, thanks for listening. Yas. Till next time, keep it cryptic. That's what they do in Sinisterhood. Do they? Yeah. (laughs) Well, they. Yeah, their thing is uh, keep it creepy. So it's very similar. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Bye.
This has been Castles and Cryptids. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and our YouTube channel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesencryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email. Please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Fair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening!